From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 28, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And there's no New Jersey in this podcast. Oh, how you doing? Thank God we are free, folks. Now, this episode does feature some big moments from this week involving 1st Congressional District Republican Nancy Mace. From the existence of UFOs to some risque boudoir anecdotes. Folks, get your pearls out. Start clutching them now. And then we jump on the campaign trail and get the latest regarding the fallout of Florida's school curriculum that talks about some of the, quote, benefits, quote, of slavery for enslaved folks. Senator Tim Scott has some thoughts on that matter. The Senate passed the National Defense Authorization Act. We look at what's in it for South Carolina. And some big names are headlining big events in August. We have the latest SC 2024 news for you, as well as some major positive economic news when we do the numbers. And Scott Morgan brings us a sobering report about the death of Jacob Williamson, a transgender South Carolina teen who weeks ago was found dead in Pageland. All right, folks, we love hearing from you. So give us a shout at 803-563-7169. It's about to be August. Uh, The lead is still uh, working through the summer. Obviously, take us with you wherever you go. Let us know where you are, what you're doing, what you're seeing, who you're talking to. 803-563-7169. We can also answer any question within reason. Toll free, 803-563-7169. The biggest news out of Washington this week wasn't former President Donald Trump getting indicted on three new charges dealing with his possession and obstruction of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. No, it wasn't Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell freezing up at the podium during a press conference or California Senator Dianne Feinstein launching into a speech instead of simply voting aye during a committee hearing. No, 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 no. The biggest news this week sent around a line of questioning by 1st Congressional District Republican Nancy Mace during a House Oversight and Accountability Subcommittee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs hearing Wednesday, with UFO whistleblower David Grush discussing how non-human remains recovered by the U.S. government from alien spacecraft. Here's their back and forth. You've stated that the government is in possession of potentially non-human spacecraft. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, Okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. (laughs) Um, If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. That was Congresswoman Nancy Mace questioning David Grush, who co-led the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Analysis from late 2021 to July 2022. Grush filed a complaint to Congress alleging that he faced illegal retaliation for his confidential disclosures. 
within those disclosures was information demonstrating, quote, intact and partially intact vehicles related to UAPs. This is something that the lead has been talking about for years now, folks. We're getting close to the truth. Now, if that wasn't out of this world enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that. Earlier in the day, Mace was again at the center of the political world and had us clutching our pearls for dear life when she told folks at the South Carolina Prayer Breakfast, hosted by Senator Tim Scott, the following. When I woke up this morning at 7, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, I, he'll, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Yes, not the typical joke you'd hear at the South Carolina prayer breakfast with a bunch of conservative evangelicals. But you got to workshop your material somewhere, right? Now, Mace later tweeted, quote, I go to church because I'm a sinner, not a saint. Glad those in attendance, including Senator Tim Scott and my pastor, took this joke in stride. Pastor Greg and I will have a little extra to talk about on Sunday. Got to get those headlines in before the August recess, folks. That's how it works here. But looking ahead to the Sunday shows, Mace will be on Fox News Sunday on July 30th, and Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is set to be on CBS's Face the Nation. We love Margaret. Next up, the U.S. Senate passed its version of the $886 billion National Defense Authorization Act by a vote of 86 to 11 on Thursday. Senator Lindsey Graham voted in favor of the bill, and Senator Tim Scott did not vote. He was in Iowa. More on that in a minute. Now, you may remember that this was a heavier lift in the House, which passed an incredibly partisan version of this bill that included measures that would undo the Pentagon's abortion travel policy, block funding for surgeries and hormone therapy for transgender troops, and limit diversity training and programs. Now, a soon-to-be-appointed conference committee of House and Senate lawmakers will iron out the differences and hopefully have something to vote on when folks return from August recess. The authorization bill includes big money for the military and Department of Energy installations around the country and here in the state, including $9.5 million for a recycling and hazardous waste facility at Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort and $10.7 million for a fire station at the base as well. There's $20 million for the Aiken County National Guard Readiness Center and $7.9 million for the McCready Training Center as well. There's $15 million for a National Guard Readiness Center at Joint Base Charleston and $66 million to complete Phase 2 of the reception barracks complex at Fort Jackson. There is also some $2.4 billion with a B for Savannah Riverside operations, $858 million of which is for a plutonium pit processing facility. The NDAA also includes a 5.2% pay raise for all military personnel. Now, following the Senate vote, Senator Lindsey Graham said in part, quote, while it is short of the actual funding necessary in my view, it takes a strong step toward keeping our military well-equipped well-armed, and well-trained, quote. Like we said, Republican presidential candidate Senator Tim Scott missed the vote because he was on the campaign trail in Iowa. (laughs) While there, he came out against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' statements on public school curriculum on Black History Month, which teaches that enslaved people in America benefited from slavery because they learned critical skills. Here's DeSantis on July 21st. Well, you should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it. Um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed uh, 
you know, being a blacksmith into, into doing things later, later in life. Um, but the reality is all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. They listed everything out. And if you have any questions about it, just ask the Department of Education. You can talk about those folks. But, I mean, these were scholars who put that together. It was not anything that was, um, that was done politically. And here's what Scott said to reporters in reaction to DeSantis on July 27th. You know, it's interesting, uh, as a country founded upon freedom, the greatest deprivation of freedom was slavery. Uh, there's, there's no silver lining in freedom, in, in slavery. The truth is that anything you can learn, that any benefits that people suggest you had during slavery, you would have had as a free person. Uh, what slavery was, was really about separating families, about mutilating humans, and even raping their wives. It was just was devastating. So I would hope that every person in our country, and certainly running for president, would appreciate that. And listen, people have bad days. Sometimes they regret what they say. And we should uh, ask them again to clarify their positions. We got some more SC 2024 news for you. Republican presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy is slated to headline a GOP fundraiser in South Carolina as he returns to campaigning in the first in the South primary state. Dorchester County GOP Chair Stephen Wright tells the AP that Ramaswamy will be the featured speaker at the third annual Faith, Family, and Freedom Dinner on August 19th in Somerville. Ramaswamy has been stumping heavily in other early voting states, including Iowa and New Hampshire, but hasn't been back to South Carolina since May when he spoke at the state Republican Party convention. And we also know that former President Donald Trump will be the keynote speaker at the SCGOP's annual Silver Elephant fundraising dinner on August 5th. And recently announced, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will speak at Congressman Jeff Duncan's annual Faith and Freedom Barbecue on August 28th in Anderson. Remember, that's Faith and Family Freedom Barbecue versus the Faith, Family, and Freedom Dinner, where Ramaswamy will be at. Okay, now let's take a moment from politics. We hear a lot on the campaign trail and on the news about the transgender community, and it's rarely in a positive light. Not for lack of trying on the transgender community's part or for problems propagated by them, other than their existence that some people take offense to. And tragedy struck that community nearly a month ago when Jacob Williamson, an 18-year-old trans man who had met a man online, went on a date to meet him and was never seen alive again. On either June 30th or July 1st, overnight, Williamson was murdered in Union County, North Carolina. Over the July 4th weekend, police found his body in South Carolina. Scott Morgan has this report from a vigil held in Williamson's honor earlier this week. The evening began with a cautionary breath, not with this song. This song, performed by two young men who had lost a friend to suicide, played as people moved quietly from their chairs to the front of the room to place a card at the foot of an art portrait of the teenager they were here in Lawrence to remember. And it came at the end of Monday's vigil for Jacob Williamson, an 18-year-old resident of Lawrence who was murdered on June 30th or July 1st in Union County, North Carolina. The reason this vigil began with a cautionary word, that there were men standing guard at the doors, that there were support services providers in the back of the room for anyone who felt threatened or scared, is because this room is filled with trans people 
friends and supporters and families here to say goodbye to a trans teen who was killed while on a date. And the reason this song came at the end is because it's about missing, and it is about love. And it is along this high wire, between caution of the wider world and the loving cocoon of families and friends, that a lot of people in this room live their lives. Um, I worry for my safety when I go out in public, and if people might hurt me. This is Alex. He's 14 and trans, and he just told you what worries him. Here's what gives him hope. Safe people, people that help protect me. There are several dozen safe people in this room who want to protect him, in a way the larger LGBTQ community didn't get to do with Jacob Williamson. And part of the reason this vigil even came to be is as outreach to kids like Alex. The safe people in this room want the members of this community, especially the vulnerable young ones, to know what Jacob didn't get a chance to learn. All of the love and support that Jacob is getting right now, he was untimely death, this is Promise Edwards. Edwards took Jacob in after he became estranged from his family over his being trans. But Edwards says that, crucially, neither she nor Jacob knew there were so many organizations, groups, and supporters for trans youth in South Carolina. Had we knew that they had existed, we would have had the love and support, and Jacob would not have been forced to look for it in strangers. What none of the attendees at this vigil want, however, is for you to think about Jacob Williamson's death, which has been what trans activist and vigil attendee Cypress Hartford says so much of the media coverage has focused on. I'd like to consciously fight against that in ways that I can in order to ensure that the memory that's preserved is the memory of a living human being. So then, who was the human being Hartford and Edwards and so many other people in this room want you to remember? Well, the words that came up the most were things like quirky, goofy, pure, and sweet. A kid who loved kids, who sang Christmas carols in summer and converted many to the ways of Dragon Ball Z. Someone unfailingly loyal to those who loved him. Someone obsessed with asking if you're okay every five minutes he was around you. Someone the world should have more of and someone who will be missed, even by people who never had the chance to get to know him in life. Thanks for that report, Scott. You can find that story, original reporting, and the latest news on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. We have a lot of economic data for y'all, so let's start with action taken by the Federal Open Market Committee this week to once again raise interest rates to fight inflation, which has steadily dropped since record highs last summer. The FOMC raised rates by another 0.25% this week, pushing the Fed's benchmark policy rate up to 5.25% to 5.5%. These rate increases affect the prime rate or the bank prime loan rate, which is one of several rates and ways banks determine what to charge you for borrowing money. This also increases savings rates. Now, higher rates don't just affect consumers' ability to borrow, but also businesses as well. But the economy has remained strong even with these rate hikes. Here's Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell on Wednesday. With today's action, we've raised our policy rate by five and a quarter percentage points since early last year. We have been seeing the effects of our policy tightening on demand in the most interest rate sensitive sectors of the economy, particularly housing and investment. 
It will take time, however, for the full effects of our ongoing monetary restraint to be realized, especially on inflation. In addition, the economy is facing headwinds from tighter credit conditions for households and businesses, which are likely to weigh on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. In determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate to return inflation to 2% over time, the Committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. So far, raising rates has helped bring down inflation, which last year was running around 9.1%, according to the Consumer Price Index. Right now, that annualized rate is around 3%. And new inflation data, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, (laughs) or PCE, which is the Fed's preferred tool for measuring inflation, rose to 4.1% from a year ago. However, this annual rate was the lowest since September 2021 and marked a decrease from the 4.6% in May. So will we have a so-called soft landing as a result of these interest rate increases and steady declines in inflation? Or will there be a recession? Here's Powell. It has been my view consistently that we do have a shot. And my base case is that we will be able to achieve uh, inflation moving back down to our target without the kind of really significant downturn that results in high levels of job losses that we've seen in some past uh, in some past instances, many past instances of, of tightening that look like ours. That's been my view. That that is that's uh, that's still my view. Um, and I think, you know, that that's sort of consistent with with um, with what I see uh, today. So but it's it's a long way from assured. And, and you know, we we have a, we have a lot left to go to see that happen. So the staff now has uh, a noticeable slowdown in growth starting la- uh, later this year in the forecast. But given the resilience of the economy recently, they are no longer forecasting a recession. OK, good to hear from the man himself that he's feeling better that there won't be a recession anytime soon, despite all the predictions that we heard last year. And those have been softened this year. Great news. But uh, when can we expect these rates to drop? OK, we uh, not exactly crazy about them and miss those low interest rates from the early COVID and pre-COVID days. Here's Jay Powell. I think you'd take everything into account when you start cutting rates. It would, it would depend on a, on the whole, on a wide range of things. And when, when people are writing down rate cuts next year, you know, it's, it's, it, it just is a sense that inflation is coming down and we're comfortable that it's coming down and it's time to start cutting rates. I think, but I mean, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty between what, what happens, you know, in the next meeting cycle, let alone the next year, let alone the year after that. So it's, uh, it's hard to say exactly what, what happens there. Another testament to the strength of our country's economy is new gross domestic product data, data. also out this week that found the economy grew at 2.4 percent in the second quarter. This preliminary estimate from the Bureau of Economic Analysis beat expectations and showed the economy expanded for the fourth quarter in a row. So I know polls show that people's biggest concerns remain the economy. Just, um, you know, be happy that inflation is dropping, wages are pacing prices, unemployment remains low, and jobs are plentiful as our economy continues to grow. Now, real quick on the way out, aerospace giant Boeing reported a $149 million loss for the second quarter despite higher revenues. The plane maker, which builds the 787 aircraft in North Charleston, has struggled with higher costs in both its airline and defense businesses. CEO David Calhoun said that the company has, quote, more work ahead, but is making progress in stabilizing its factories and supply chain. 
Boeing said it raised its output of its 787 Dreamliner aircraft to a planned four per month and is sticking with a plan to produce five a month by the end of the year. It expects to deliver as many as 80 of those wide-body planes in 2023. Boeing said higher revenues in the second quarter were driven higher by 787 deliveries. Keep reaching for the skies. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. Can you believe that we've made it all the way here, Gavin? Folks. All the way down the line to the wind out. Did you just rebrand the wind down section? The wind out. Yep. That's what it is. That's going to be what they're going to teach us in Miami this week. Miami. So we are going to Miami. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. PRX Journalism Podcast Accelerator. Sadly, listen here. Oh, I don't. I don't see any tips or tricks for Miami in our uh, hopper here. Didn't we ask explicitly for that? <sighs> I was pretty. Okay, open I guess about we're just gonna that. have to just fend for ourselves in Miami. <sighs> Luckily, I have a built-in travel agent, Gavin, trip yeah. advisor, recommendation guru, and. His name is A.T. Shire. Yes. Okay. So I only find the same four things in every city, but uh, I do find them. Okay. You guys have to subscribe to our Patreon to find out what those four <laughs> things are. It's a secret. But you, you could tell us what they are. If you text us with some tips, I might text you one of them. And one then you of can, them you can is put dumplings. Them t- one of those dumplings. Yes. Always dumplings. What's the other three? Uh, Asian grocery stores. Uh, Good ethnic food somewhere and food halls. I love a food hall. I'm a big food hall guy. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about the four things I look for in a big city. (laughs) Oh, the coldest beer. Oh, the coldest beer? Do you guys have the coldest beer here? (laughs) Wow, we found it. (laughs) The mountains have turned blue. I just love the commitment to places that say the coldest beer in town. Yeah, I like anything with EST at the end of it. Craft and Draft should really start adapting that. I've been to some places that they have like temperature readouts mm. where it is like a half degree colder than everywhere else and they're like it is the coldest. It's like 32.5 <laughs> degrees. Exactly. Our yeah. cans almost explode. Exactly right. <laughs> anyway Gavin we do have a call long time many time caller. Long time yeah. listener many time caller. Okay so I love those. Are you ready? Yes please. Okay here we go. Engage. Well this is uh, Ben from Greenville and I'm just Really wanting you guys to call Scott Morgan into the wind down to find out why he was in Greenville again and uh, didn't stop by our house to get some uh, scoops on some stories around Greenville. Uh, like there's this church that this guy painted Pipto-Bismol pink after he bought it. So uh, we need him to investigate that, find out what's going on. And uh, anyway, he was once again in Greenville, didn't stop by, and uh, we really need a full account of why that is. So uh, have a great day. Hope you guys uh, keep up the good work this summer. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Ben, thanks for calling as always. Yes, Scott Morgan should get in the wind down with us, and he should also be getting your permission whenever he's out and about I in like, Greenville. That's about the most polite. Uh, you have to ask to come on my turf I've yeah. ever heard in my life. Ben, you're a great guy. Thank you for calling. Thank you. And uh, I'd just like to announce that Scott and I have been working on a Pink Church podcast eight-part deep dive, okay? <laughs> what? That's a lie. It's a lie. Okay, Gavin, I haven't been working with any other podcast. Yeah, and that, that Pink Church has been in the news a lot, uh, I think more so last year, really. And it's, I'm just quoting a um, story from the Post and Curry from last year, looking back in July. And that church got transformed almost overnight because 
It was four days after two-term U.S. Representative William Timmons took to a conservative talk radio, I'm quoting the Post and Curry here, to discuss repeated allegations made by a local developer, Ron Rallis, of an affair and abuse of power. So Rallis painted that church. Okay, yeah, that's fine. That works. I mean, <laughs> whatever you, whatever you got to do to help you get through. Right, Gavin? Yeah. So that's um, hashtag yeah, that Greenville <laughs> for you. Pinkville. Uh, Gavin, anyway, uh, this brings me to the point where uh, in the podcast where uh, we get to talk about what I want to talk about a little bit, okay? Oh, good. And that's I want to talk about here. targeted ads, okay? Yeah, big, big data. Big data. Every time that we go on any app, it's we're they're scraping our data, learning everything they How can about they us. How do they know? Do they hear my brain? Exactly. That's why they're free, folks. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I have got crazy ads targeted at me. Mm-hmm. To this point, before the one I'm going to talk about. Heretofore. Heretofore, I had one that was just a pole that you screw into your ceiling that holds your iPad in front of you while you sit on the the couch. Is that something you need? <laughs> no, it is not. It doesn't fit in my life at all. I'm going to see what target ads pop up for me as I just look through the internet, but continue telling yes, us sir. what's going on. What's targeting you? Who's targeting you? Okay, so I have been targeted. I had the best one of all time, in my opinion. I don't know how it happened or what combination <laughs> of clicks and bops and bloops and tubes of the internet and got me to this point. Oh, God. The ad that I got. Mm was for specifically mm. the old Midway Electric 30 Hot Dog 11 Roller Grill Cooker Machine with Cover. Oh. I was targeted by a 7-Eleven commercial hot dog roller. How many hot dogs you put on that thing? <laughs> it, I think it can hold 30 dogs. 30 hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, and so I was just scrolling through Instagram because I am a millennial, yeah. and I saw a, a giant hot dog roller, and I was like, what the what? I go, Caitlin, look at this. How did this happen? How was I blessed by the big data? This the, the big data giving me such an amazing gift. Ad. This a gift, and so you bought it. You had to buy it. Of right? course, I bought a few. That's how you get the you savings. Let the algorithm know what you like. So I'm, exactly. I'm clicking around. I'm, I'm going to some known websites where I know they always have like those target ads. Not, I'm getting Cole Haan ads and yep. one for Constant Contact. <laughs> Gavin, like, there are people it, in your life that want to hear from you every day. <laughs> Pay us to talk to them every day. I am day. wearing Kohan shoes, though. You're a big Does Kohan Does it know guy. that? I do. I love Kohan. Does it know that we do a podcast twice a week and you do a television show once a week? And how much more contact could anyone want with Gavin Johnson? Constant contact. We know, like, big data. Everyone's like, oh, it hurt. It must have hurt me. My phone's listening to me. Well, no, we're putting everything on our phones. Yeah. We're also next to people whose phones are doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Our phones communicate with each other, communicate with the algorithm them big data. Yeah. And then also if you're texting people on Instagram and Facebook Messenger, which I begrudgingly do, it will read it. Scrapes all that. Yep. And then it just puts it in there. So I mean yeah, just You um, think Google doesn't read your Gmail? It does. Just 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 the, like lean your, in to you, the quiet sucking sound of big data. Do you use your credit card on your phone? I don't have a credit card. There you go. Gavin I have dozens of credit cards. Gavin gets paid in cash and he buries uh, yeah, it cash, in his backyard. I uh doubloons, scrolled away. You'll take doubloons. Yeah, all coins. My entire retirement's coins. Before this, I was talking about before this ends, I was talking about um targeted ads with uh, producer Sean whose birthday it was yesterday. Happy so birthday, Sean. Everyone alone in their room sing happy birthday the Sean, we'll wait. Oh my God, we okay. There we go. We did it I know multiple I times at our staff retreat this week at Riverbank Zoo. Yes. It was Gavin got him every so day. So cringy, but it was just so beautiful. And so uh, he told me the best targeted ad he ever got mm. was for coffins. Oh my God, John, <laughs> honey, baby. 
That is a red flag. <laughs> he didn't know how it happened, but he got coffins. <laughs> anyway, please call in. Tell us your best weird targeted ads yep. on every website. Just scroll all the way to the bottom skin, to the ever-populating yeah. crazy things. Let us know. Getting, uh, yeah, that's what I. That's stuff. what I want to know. Okay, people? Uh, yeah. Gavin? What's the internet telling you right now? Say goodnight to these sweet, sweet babies I that can't. Listen. The internet won't let me say goodbye. I love it. It's the holding ads Gavin's... continue. The wires of the computer coming out and holding, holding <laughs> Gavin's eyes. <laughs> Clockwork Orange style. Run, AT! They're... Run! Make it to Miami! <laughs> anyway, have a good weekend. We will talk to you next week, I promise, from Miami. <laughs> Miami. That's right, folks. Thanks for listening to the pod. You can show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a voicemail like Ben Davis did at 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Also, don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Oh, you're coughing more than ever with the cup, Gavin. Why? Why do you do it? I want the cold water. <laughs> you're sick. Why are you doing that? I didn't have that at all this week during the retreat.